0: Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Welcome back to Work Stories. Our next guest is killing the PR game. This spring, she was named one of Business Insider's top 22 public relation pros of 2023. And she owns two businesses all while in school. Oh yeah, and she's 21. Are you feeling lazy yet? Because I am. <laughs> Let's talk to Courtney. My name
1: is Courtney. I am 21 years old, currently studying business administration. I also own two businesses. One is called Freedom Revamped. It is a magazine that focuses on mental health. And the other one is called Revamped. It is a publicity agency where I represent influencers, musicians, authors, all of those great things. Outside of the serious notes, I'm a dog mom, creative, sister, friend, all of those great things.
0: Oh my gosh. So I actually want to start off talking about how are you you doing all of this stuff at 21 in school. What is driving you right now? Because at 21, I could barely get up in the morning and like make sure I fed myself. So... <laughs> I think it's just I want to be able to retire at a certain
1: age, and I want to be able to enjoy my life at a certain age. So that's part of it. But um, like balancing everything. I go to school online. So really, I don't have to attune any zooms. Um, They upload our seminars, we watch them by a certain date, turn our work in by a certain date. So that's great, because I can literally work on that whenever I want to. For the most part, the drive is just my magazine and my publicity agency are both things that I really enjoy doing. At one point, I was doing all of this and working a nine to five as well, which I no longer do. (laughs) So really, I think the driving force is just me wanting to provide a safe future for myself, a financially free future for myself. And just like I said, these are all things that I love to do.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of pressure watching what is happening to other people? What are you seeing? Is it like the news? Is it people you know personally in your life, older cousins, siblings, parents? Is that what is making you feel like, okay, I've got to set myself up now. Not really. I think I've just always been that
1: type of person that wants to set myself up for the future. Initially, I wasn't going to go to school at all. The only reason I'm in school actually is so people can take me more serious because of a degree being behind my name. But like, Mm -hmm. honestly, I think I've just always been that person. Like from a very young age, I was super competitive and wanted to be ahead in things. Mm -hmm. I don't think any outside forces tempted me to do that because actually my family's like slow down. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't stress (laughs) yourself out. Don't overwhelm yourself like they're rooting for me but in the same aspect they're like don't put too much on yourself Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's something that triggered it but I've just always been like that
0: I love that you're like that and I wish you could rub off on me um even (laughs) at my old age like I just think it's hard to face what we have to do today to be successful make the money we need just to do pretty basic stuff right buy a house have good health care raise kids if that's what we want you know it's like a lot. I don't even know if I've come to terms with what is required for <laughs> things. So I think that's super cool that you figured that out early. Wait, I need to know your sign, though, because I feel like your sign might be important. I'm a Libra. Libra. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, high achiever, but also very cool, calm, and collected. I'm cool,
1: calm, and collected. And
0: then, like, when things aren't
1: going right, I'm like, "Who, oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Tell me, like, what have your experiences personally been like being a Black woman in the jobs that you've been in and, you know, in life? So I've never even, like, worked in a corporate
1: setting besides internships that I've done. And I did most of those during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So they were on Zoom anyway, so it didn't feel like a corporate setting. But specifically when I was working at Chick-fil-A, it was like expected of me and probably because that's how I presented myself but expected of me to go above and beyond but I still wasn't getting the accolades of not even just the white people at my job but even like black males at my job I wasn't getting the same applause that they were getting and I was doing so much more than they were so I think that's been the bulk of my experience At honestly at any job I'm just using Chick-fil-A as an example because it's so fresh to me mm. but just like always going above and beyond and then when I don't go above and beyond like like I'm having a bad day or I'm just freaking tired because I worked three 12-hour shifts last week and then pulled a double they would be like oh something's off with Courtney like is she about to quit like no I'm just tired so like they would expect me to go above and beyond wouldn't applaud me for it in the same way that they did other people and then when I started slacking they were making it seem like I was the problem so that's like been the bulk of my experience in like general workplaces but I would say owning my own businesses being a black woman and being young which my age probably doesn't. Does have a lot to do with owning my own business, but just sometimes not being taken serious in some aspects. And then other times it being like people wanting to give me advice, but doing it in a way that seems demeaning. And they probably didn't mean it that way. I probably just took it that way. But I think most of the time my experience in running my own business is like just being looked down on and thinking that I'm not equipped to do what I'm doing.
0: Right. When I first started Work Stories, we had somebody write in a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they coined it like a triple threat. And they were saying there were black, a female and young in Mm -hmm. their their industry and how that had just set them up for all of these crazy experiences. And I think a lot of hurtful things as well, just having to always fight against that. So what happens when you start off young in something, you're always young in it. (laughs) like, yes, you think like, okay, now I'm 30. Okay, now I'm 40. Like that's gonna change. But then when you're 40, everybody doing the job is 65. So you're still like the young girl who doesn't know anything. Oh, you're a baby like that whole story, that person kind of highlighted a little bit of that. So that really opened my eyes to and of course, You know, I've experienced a little of that, but particularly when you are like trailblazing, which I would definitely say is what you're doing, like you are really setting yourself apart and it's going to bring a lot of attention, which is great, right? Everything you do is probably in a way going to be like, oh, but in another way, it's going to be like, oh, she doesn't even know. And you're like, yes, I do. Yeah.
1: and It's so funny because a lot of the people that counted me out, some people don't know this, but I was just listed as Insider Business, one of their top 22 PR pros for the year of 2023. Yay! In the top 22, and... There's a lot of publicists out there. So for me to be in the top 22 is pretty big. But like a lot of the people who counted me out were like, girl, you haven't even like gotten your degree yet. You're only 21 and you think you can be a publicist. Now they're like, hey, girl, just reaching out. I'm like, right. I try not to be that person that like holds things against people. But like, you can always tell when it's authentic and they're like, "Oh, wow, well, I really counted her out and I shouldn't have" versus when they're like, "Oh, let me get on while she's, you know, climbing."
0: Wow, that is so cool. Thank uh, congratulations. You. And Thank you, you know what I think it is? I think People project their own fears onto other folks. So Mm -hmm. not to say, obviously, you have to have had a lot of different fear in these situations as you have been developing your businesses, but also clearly not enough to stop, right? Right. People are so scared that they don't even start something. They can't even believe in themselves in the smallest way. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of when we think of it, when we try to humanize people who doubt us, it's kind of like you don't even believe in yourself. So I can't Mm -hmm. expect you to believe in me. Like, I actually feel sad that you don't think of yourself better so it's like we, we can't even give them that much credit right
1: true yeah that's true that's true
0: yeah so okay on that note talk to us about just times in your life where you felt like doubt played a big part
1: in general I feel like I doubted myself a lot during middle school I started out in elementary school going to a private school mainly black in a city that I had grown up in. So like the people I went to elementary school with are also the people that I went to daycare with. So I knew them. We were familiar with one another. All of those things. Fast forward to middle school. My mom's military. We moved to Columbus, Georgia. I'm going to a public school. So a much bigger school. And there are a lot of white people. A lot of Asian people. A lot of different ethnicities. And these people have pretty much traveled all around the world because their parents are military too. So um, there was a lot of doubt in who I was. Because I mean, middle school, you're already kind of trying to figure out who you are anyway. But Mm -hmm. when you're running into people who are honestly much more mature than you simply because of the places they've been in, it was very hard for me to like navigate if I was going to find friends, if they were genuinely going to like me for who I was, if they were going to use me. So there was a lot of doubt as far as identity during my middle school age. And that's sort of how I actually started Freedom Revamp, which is my magazine, which focuses on mental health, identity, discovering freedom, all of these things. And even when I started Freedom Revamp, there was a lot of doubt. So that was actually something that God placed on my heart to do. I was going through a lot of things like depression and anxiety. And a lot of times people wait until they're out of the storm to talk about their story. But God told me like I was one of the people that he wanted to talk about it while I was going through it. And so I was 17 when I started that platform. Once again, you're transitioning from high school to college. And so I was already going through a lot, suffering from depression and anxiety. And I honestly felt like unworthy of being able to share my story simply because I was still going through so much so there was a lot of doubt creeping in as far as if I was the right person to start Freedom Revamp but also if I was the right person was it the right time to do it Mm -hmm. and there was just constant reassurance on the fact that it was time I was the right person nobody else could do it in the way that I was going to do it I think those are the two like biggest examples and then I would say like as far as the PR work I'm doing, there honestly has not been any doubt, which is why I know this is one of the things that I'm going to be doing for a long time simply because everything has been happening so fast and going so good. And it's like sometimes that, Fear creeps in of like, okay, everything's going uphill really fast, but that means I might fall harder. Mm-hmm. But I'm um, just yeah. constantly reassuring myself and looking at the reassurance of the work that I'm doing, not letting that doubt and fear creep in because I feel like the moment I do let it creep all the way in is, is going to be the moment that I feel. Yeah.
0: So it's like, you got to stop it right when you feel it a little bit, like just yes. cut it off at the head, right?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Literally.
0: Oh my gosh. Being a military kid is super interesting. I think for this entire Framework of the story, right? Because mm-hmm. number one, when I heard you say that, the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, high achieving. Of course, you'd be <laughs> high achieving with a military parent, right? And your mother at that, right? You know, we know how important it is, particularly seeing women in the military and what they're doing. So right away, I was like, okay, there you go. That's where, that's maybe where she's getting some of that from. But I think it is interesting because you're meeting a lot of people and in PR work, right? All you're doing is talking to a bunch of people all the time, right? A bunch of people all the time. (laughs) You're a social butterfly. You're making friends essentially overnight. And I'm sure that's part of the moving process too. And how these other kids in, in the middle school kind of adapted. So. I think that's really interesting to kind of your full formation of as a person. Yes. And I didn't even think
1: about that. Although my mom is in the military, we didn't move a lot. Mm -hmm. We moved from Mississippi to Georgia and then I moved back to Mississippi to be with the rest of our family when I turned 21 whereas you know most military children if their parents move a lot they've been to pretty much every city in the United States <laughs> yeah. and some places overseas I mean we vid- we visited places overseas when my mom was like deployed or stationed there but like as far as moving as much as other military children did that wasn't our case but now that you've said it I do feel like watching my mom and the way she navigates does play a part in me being high and once again, not because she's pressured me, but because I, I've i seen how successful she is and I've seen how the other women, because my family is mostly women, um, the other women in my family have navigated their careers. Yeah.
0: Insecurity, particularly in that middle school time when you started at that school, do you think that could have come from knowing that you didn't have the same experiences as those other kids? You weren't moving as much, so maybe you weren't as, I mean, I don't know, cultured as much as these other folks. So it's like, okay, how do I make friends? How do I talk to them? Like, what do we have in common? I don't know if that played a part in it because like the school was
1: 75% military children and then 25% non-military children because we didn't stay on um, base. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that played a part in it. I think it was just because, like I said, I was navigating my identity, looking at my physical appearance, not knowing Mm -hmm. if people were going to like the way I look. And then just like, really moving from a whole another state and honestly, not cutting ties completely with the people I went to elementary school with, but not being able to hang out with them. I feel like if I moved to a different school in the same state that I was in, I would still be able to hang out with my elementary school friends like on the weekends. But now it's like all we can do is FaceTime each
0: other. So Mm -hmm. I feel like
1: that played a huge part in it. Just feeling like I was completely shut off. And it was really just me and my mom from that point on.
0: So I moved a lot Mm -hmm. growing up as well. And I moved twice during my middle school time. Oh, wow. Like one, just from like the public school in the neighboring town to a private school, Mm -hmm. which was a huge culture shock in terms of the money people had. I went from like the average kid to like people with real, real, real money. Mm -hmm. And I was like just trying to fit in and wasn't. (laughs) And then the second time I moved like across the state, so like six hours away. So really like away from the culture and all the friends. And I really... Think that that still comes into play on who I am today. So maybe that's something. Uh, not me trying to be therapist over here. But <laughs> <laughs> but when you're talking, I'm thinking like, I think that is a big defining factor. Moving in the awkward years where like yeah. you're not comfortable in your body. Like, I just remember being like, oh, I'm so ugly. Like all of these yeah. <laughs> things, you know, you're just everything's uncomfortable. Friendships, like, d- you know, dating or if you like somebody or like whatever that was. And just the relationship with the parents, right, are changing. Yeah. You're going from being like a little girl and being treated like a little girl to having responsibilities and expectations and like Mm -hmm. fights with your mom randomly. Right. (laughs) And it's all changing and they're moving you. It just makes everything harder. But on the flip side, you know, as we get older, it really gives us some skills for life, I think. Yeah, for sure. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: I have several siblings, but I only grew up with my older sister that I share a mom with. And mm-hmm. so right when we moved, she was also going to college. So she wasn't coming with us anyway, because she went stayed in Mississippi and went to Mississippi State. Like that was her dream school from the time she was a little girl. So I know for a fact that played a huge part in it, because mm-hmm. I feel like if I had her there with me, it would have been much easier because we would be able to have those conversations in person. Like we had them over the phone all the time, but like she would have been able to help me navigate it because she had been through it before, not moving but transitioning from one school to another where she didn't know anybody so I definitely feel like that also played a part in it.
0: As I've talked to people throughout the different seasons of work stories everyone you know will share a little something about their upbringing and you know different Mm -hmm. characteristics they could be a child of immigrants they could have spoken three languages in their household they could have like you said moved around a lot all these different characteristics and it still comes into play in how they do their job how they navigate their career sometimes what they chose as a career Mm -hmm. it's like what happens to us as kids never really like goes away and like lives in right. the albums. Like it's with us all the time. <laughs> That's interesting. So we were talking about doubt and fear and all of that stuff. And it seems like that is really common in any career conversation, right? And with anyone, I mean, there's some white men who would probably tell you stories about times that they were scared to take a leap, right? And right. so, of course, when we're talking about, Black women and women of color, we know that comes into play. Can you kind of talk to us about why you think that is and why that is particularly a struggle for our communities?
1: Kind of going back to my own situation, like I think for so long, Black women have been expected to be strong and to be able to do certain things because of our past or because of our genotypes or whatever it is. And so I feel like there's always been comparison in the loop. So we're expected to go above and beyond, but we don't always get those same accolades. And also just the fact that we know that, like in the back of our heads, we're always going to know that no matter how hard I work. I'm not going to get the same pay, the same accolades, whatever it might be. So I feel like that plays a huge part in our doubt and fear. Also, society just downplays us. Like, so even going outside of workplaces, I feel like we know that society is always going to critique us much harder than our white counterparts. So I definitely feel like that plays a huge part in it.
0: And it's so interesting that, like, no matter what industry you're in or what level in that industry, people are telling the same exact story. Like having to always outperform and outshine and and always be at 110 every day, just like you described at Chick-fil-A. So... Let's talk about working on that. Like how do we kind of work on our self-doubt and fear and what are the first things we do to tackle that?
1: Truly understanding our value and the value of the work that we can and are doing, I feel like is the first step. And then also understanding that not everybody else is going to see it and accepting the fact that we're not always going to get those applauds. And then I also feel like, I guess this can be considered breaking generational curses is not going above and beyond when we feel like we don't have to because I know that's a problem I had 100% at every job especially Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A I would give and give and give knowing that I wouldn't be getting a raise or knowing that I wouldn't get a shout out whatever it might be like literally I would be at work on hour 15 and be like I know they ain't gonna shout me out on Sunday when we do these shout outs but I'm gonna do it anyway and Mm -hmm. a part of it was for me and for my team like because I was a shift lead so a part of it was for them because I didn't want to leave them hanging but realizing that would they do the same thing for me so I think we definitely Mm -hmm. have to start putting ourselves first even as leaders even as people who want to do better or see our workplace do better like just realizing that At jobs, you're very replaceable Mm -hmm. and that they don't care for you as much as you care for them.
0: Always putting in that going the extra mile and no one's even watching. It doesn't even (laughs) matter half the time. You're right. You're right. So let's say someone is really working on that. They're working on reprioritizing their different things they have to do at work versus their personal life, rebalancing. Mm -hmm. They're working on setting boundaries is really what that is. But really Mm -hmm. feeling like they're just not into themselves. They don't feel confident. Energy is low. How should folks go about encouraging themselves? Like, What would you suggest?
1: I think applauding yourself is a huge part of it. Like I said, understanding your worth and your value and applauding yourself and knowing that although it may not seem like, It's worth it right now. It's going to be worth it in the end because I feel like every job, be it a corporate, be it just regular nine to five, white collar, whatever it may be. I feel like everything is a stepping stone to get to where you truly want to be. And I'm specifically speaking to people in my age group that are 21 in college or even a bit younger because I know high schoolers that work as well. Like understanding that this isn't going to always be your situation and it's just a stepping stone and a milestone to get to where you want to be next.
0: I love that. So a lot of people listening, they are millennials in Gen X and they know folks like you who are creating their own things really like out there charging this workforce, like taking prisoners, right? Like, (laughs) like, Like really going through and doing the thing, but they, you need support right at that, at that point, particularly early on. What can folks listening who are a little older, have the higher titles, have the power do to help you and your peers?
1: I think... In the age of social media, sharing things goes a long way. So even if you just see, for instance, with Freedom Revamped, even if you just see one post, one quote, one podcast episode that inspires you, sharing it to your audience goes a long way because that's how like we grow our community. Or even just for personal encouragement and DMing me and saying, wow, thank you for sharing this. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And then on the publicity side, I mean, a lot of my growth from there it comes from my clients so like keeping up with what they're doing encouraging them personally because a lot of times like since my clients are creatives as well they get discouraged too so like encouraging them to keep going seeing an opportunity for them and sending it to me or telling the person hey Courtney represents this person you should reach out I feel like those are the main ways right now like for the most part just letting me know that you see me I'm valued and you're proud of me I think is like the hugest thing.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think everyone should really know about how Gen Z is approaching the workforce?
1: Ooh, honestly, with what I'm saying, like we're getting tired of corporate life. (laughs) We're getting tired. And it's probably not even about corporate. It's about the way we're being treated. Mm -hmm. The lack of respect, because I've seen it so many times. Mm -hmm. I think, Jobs just need to learn how to treat people because it's coming times where people are definitely understanding how they want to be treated and they're not taking or accepting anything less than that I think that's the main thing and honestly that's okay like a lot of jobs I know when I quit Chick-fil-a my family was like well it's gonna be something like that that happens at every job but does it have to be
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: like if jobs knew how to treat their workers knew how to pay their workers because a lot of these jobs are paying workers far less than they should be especially corporate places like Chick-fil-a like y'all have money Mm -hmm. y'all have the money to pay your workers right or even um i worked at crumble they have money to pay their workers they better
0: 14 dollars for two
1: cookies or whatever okay (laughs) i haven't even bought any since i left there because we used to get free ones and i'm like after getting free cookies throughout your ship you don't want to pay for that But yeah, I think jobs just really need to learn how to treat their workers because that's why they're losing so many. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard about what's going on with writers in Hollywood now. Mm -hmm. So I think learning how to treat your workers and paying them their worth would save a lot of jobs that are going downhill.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you're a great example of your generation, right? Y'all are confident and you are not going to let people talk to you any kind of way, treat you any kind of way. I feel really inspired by you all coming through, taking over, changing things and kind of disrupting these industries that have really relied on folks not saying anything. So- I feel encouraged by you. Yes,
1: thank you. And I will say, like, to anybody who's young, maybe getting into your first job, if there's ever something that happens at your job where you feel uncomfortable or counted out, do not be like me. but Like, suppress it and take it in until it became so much and then I just quit. Like, literally, Mm -hmm. that's how it happened. So, like, I would definitely advise if you do like your job, because I I really loved all the jobs I worked at. Like, as far as tasks, it was just management that was the problem. Find a manager that you trust or find somebody that you trust. Have a conversation with them before it builds up because they're always going to use the excuse of, well, why didn't you come to me sooner? So definitely go to them when the first situation happens where you feel uncomfortable or disrespected or feel like it's time for your raise because the longer you keep it up, the more you're going to want to leave and the more they're going to hold it against you for not coming to them sooner about it.
0: Great, great, great advice. How can people keep up with you? What if they want to see what you're doing and kind of follow along?
1: Yes. So my personal accounts are on all social media at Court Revamped. Freedom Revamped is on all social media at Freedom Revamped, and the website is freedomrevamped.com. And then Revamped Publicity is at Revamped LLC on Instagram, and our website is revampedllc.com. We don't have any other socials right now for Revamp, but
0: that's how you yeah. can keep. Up
1: and email court at revampedllc.com dot
0: so You have no excuse not to support her because she yes. just told you how to get in touch with her
1: in every format.
0: In every <laughs> format, or you can call her mama house, whatever, and her mama will leave a message to her, whatever. No,
1: no, <laughs> like- actually, actually, call my little cousins. They're my little freelance assistants. There
0: so. you go. <laughs> Love it. See, give them a job early. I like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Courtney, and I really wish you the best of luck on your journey. I'm excited to see what you do. Whether in the boardroom or in the drive through Black women in particular are expected to outperform everyone all of the time. That adds so much fear to the work environment, making it easy for doubt to creep in. Am I good enough? Well, maybe I'm not being recognized because I'm not as smart as so-and-so. Self-doubt doesn't have to be a rite of passage. Let's deal with our issues now so our children won't even consider the idea of not being enough. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll talk next week.